0: You are listening to Project Palladium. This is a podcast brought to you by high school students who are interested in gaining a deeper understanding of the world around them. And today, how much do you know about Christmas trees?
1: Me? Yes, I know that they're green. Uh, they're one, evergreen. They're evergreen trees. You place presents under them you decorate them and put the star on top and that's about it how about you about the sound
2: I know a little bit about them I think to me probably what's most interesting is I guess the history but also the fact that they come from different traditions um, and either they're celebrated or, or in ways condemned by different groups of people in different times in history so I think Kind of the way that we understand our Christmas tree today, right? We put it up and just like Ronald said, we know it is the thing we decorate for Christmas. We put presents under, but that's not what it always was. It's not how it always came to be. So I think what's most intriguing is, you know, where, do, where did this start and, and how did it go through history in, in different forms?
0: Right. For me, the smell of Christmas tree is interesting. Doesn't that thing exist? Like a carve freshener? cart yes air freshener yep oh yeah where it shapes like christmas tree yeah, oh, yeah. and it smells like christmas tree well there's different scents but I, I know what you're talking about but why is that one the most popular one i'm pretty sure that one is the most
3: popular one i think that pine smell is very nostalgic you know it, it brings you back to when you were a kid opening up presents very winter type smell it's just one of those things that you smell it and it brings you back to these memories because it's ingrained in your senses and it just brings back that moment an
0: interesting fact smell triggers the most out of all the other senses in terms of memory and i think christmas tree like a fresh real christmas tree even though i have never owned one but like a real one i've always had a plastic tree but i think it's it's the smell that triggers nostalgia right triggers childhood memories and and that lasts for how long
3: Centuries? How many How many centuries ago was, was this a thing? Well, not that long ago. Uh, from what I found, uh, I was looking at different articles, uh, the History Channel, Time Magazine. From what I understand, putting presents under your Christmas tree didn't develop until mid-1800s, uh, 19th century. And the first image of presents under a Christmas tree that I found was also the one of the influential images that popularized Christmas trees in England and in America. Uh, so story goes that Queen Victoria of England married Prince Albert, and Prince Albert is from Germany, and Christmas tree as we know it originates from Germany. So when they were married, they had kids. Prince Albert starts to set up Christmas trees at their home, and there's an engraving painting of his family uh, with the Christmas tree, and there's presents, toys, underneath for their kids. And that engraving makes its way to the United States, circulates in newspapers uh, in England, and uh, in the East Coast, the uh, wealthy, more fashionable families uh, take on the tradition Uh, It was in America beforehand, but that's really what popularized it, as well as in England, where uh, Prince Albert basically brought it over and that newspaper image got around and people started to adopt it as uh, a modern Christmas tree. So was that the first image of a Christmas tree? I don't think so. Uh, I think that was just the... First image that popularized
0: the idea of a Christmas tree being in everyone's home and you can put gifts under.
2: Yes. And it, and it made it trendy. You know, think about even even now when you watch the series The Crown, right? You know, people looked to famous, people People looked to the royals, right, for what was trendy, what was in. When something like this goes out there, everybody wanted a Christmas tree in their house, right? You know, if this is what the royals were doing. You know, how can I do this in my house? So I think, you know, it, it, it probably wasn't the first, it definitely wasn't the first, but it definitely made it trendy, made it popular. Like each person wanted a little bit of that, Maybe that sense of luxury, like Tom said, um, in in their own home.
3: The Queen of England. And everyone wanted to get in on that. Everyone wanted to get involved. But uh, that was for America and England. Prior to that, the Christmas tree was very popular in Germany, uh, where Prince Albert was from. And it was a German thing to do, to have a Christmas tree. Why Uh, was
0: it very German to do?
3: It was frowned upon by a lot of other Christians. I think Brother Tom might be able to speak about uh, the Puritans. uh, They passed a law in America banning Christmas trees, banning other forms of celebrating Christmas that we would do today. Were they right? I mean,
0: looking at what Christmas has turned into.
1: It is very excessive. Like, do we need to be lusting over such items and spending so much money buying things and making it very, capitalistic in a sense and taking it away from the religious aspect.
2: So I think the I think the debate about Christmas trees and, and maybe even in celebration of Christmas in general stems back to the understanding of Christmas and, and the origin. So it's held that Christmas was officially being celebrated by the church, so the, the Catholic Church, the church in Rome, beginning only in the fourth century, right? So th- the, the birth of Christ was something held from the beginning of the church which makes sense but the idea of having a, a defined celebration it's believed started around the fourth century when it would be celebrated in december that comes from or some believe that that comes from the idea that there was already a roman festival around this time celebrating the winter solstice right to so the that period that we know it around december 21st there was a roman pagan festival that was called saturnalia which was always held in mid-december And it was honoring an agricultural god, Saturn, right? So this celebration would take place, and I think many times, because it was an agricultural god, would associate with trees or foliage or plants. So on both sides, I think this history ties into it. It's possible that because the winter solstice and because of this other festival and because of the agricultural connections, that's how we have Somewhat of our Christmas celebration today, and also perhaps the tradition of a Christmas tree. So, in which case, we kind of have a basis for that.
3: A ton of other cultures had very similar, um, very similar feast days and religious holidays. For example, uh, the Egyptians they had um, they had a winter solstice celebration, which is around uh, the twenty first, twenty second of December, and they would put in, uh, like, palm branches in their home, and they'd celebrate Ra and the point, the sun god Ra, and the point of their holiday was to talk about the over overcoming death and new life, because they believed that Ra would get sick every year, and he'd get sicker and sicker and sicker until the winter solstice, and then they'd recognize that the sun would start to come out more. So then they thought he got better. So they would put the palm branches, because they are always green, they are always alive in their house, to recognize that uh, life overcomes death. Uh, another religion that would do this would be uh, the Celts. They, they would decorate their homes uh, with evergreen uh, plants in a very similar uh, way during the winter solstice. And... Also, the Vikings, they thought that the uh, evergreen plants were a holy plant from their sun god, Boulder, because they thought that it's always alive. So they found that to be a, uh, a
2: holy plant. Right, so maybe when we're talking about the Puritans, they looked back and said, this is a pagan practice. This is something that we don't do as Christians, so we don't want anything to do with it. But for Puritans, as it came over to as they came over to America... They didn't want to be associated with anything that they felt was evil or going against what should be true Christian roots. So Christmas trees came over to the United States primarily in Pennsylvania um, with German settlers, probably around the late 1700s. But even up until the mid-1800s or so, it was still believed to have that pagan connection to Saturnalia. So Puritans, specifically around the Massachusetts Bay Colony area, um, were very skeptical about using Christmas trees or celebrating in that way. They felt that this part of a holiday or this part of celebrating Christ's life didn't have any biblical basis, Right, that, that the idea was being celebrated in December or celebrating by trees didn't make any sense. So there are several notable members of the government in this area, in the Massachusetts Bay, Bay Colony, that were against it. Um, There's the second governor when the Pilgrims landed, William Bradford, wrote that he tried to stop and stamp out what what he called pagan mockery. Um, There was Oliver Cromwell, who preached against all these traditions dating back to the heathens, especially Christmas carols and decorated trees and all of that. And then in 1659, the General Court of Massachusetts, or the Massachusetts Bay Colony, enacted a law that made observing this holiday in any way Uh, It made it illegal and punishable by a fine of five shillings. So any type of celebration um, that could be carried out, specifically having a tree, um, even dressing up and giving gifts, were all seen as kind of pagan mockery or or superstition um, that shouldn't be related to Christianity and shouldn't be celebrated in that way. So they actually put this fine in. That was in 1659, and it took a while for them to kind of Go back on this or go back on this rule. Um,
0: That's actually a crazy idea because nowadays Christmas tree is a symbol of
1: like it's a staple of society. Exactly.
0: Yeah,
2: and I think even even before when we were talking about the air freshers in cars, right? You know, what what's one word you want to say your car smells like? You want to say it, it smells fresh, right? So a tree, a pine tree, a fir tree, smells fresh. Right. What, what else what else does fresh bring to mind? It brings to mind life. So when you have an evergreen tree, a tree always green, a tree always alive, even in the dead of winter, that speaks of life. And that's really, I think, part of that goes into that idea of where it ties into Christianity where it ties even into any religion, Uh, seeing a tree as a symbol of life, particularly an evergreen tree. One thing I think is important to understand, like if you look at a German tradition, right, there's a song called O oh, Tannenbaum, which is now a, considered a Christmas carol. Basically, in the 19th century in Germany, it was that's kind of when it, it moved over towards a Christmas carol as opposed to just a classic folk song. And the words have been changed a little, but basically, you're singing about this tree, right? So, in a, in a modern English tradition, you, you would say instead of O oh, Tannenbaum, O oh, Tannenbaum, O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree. And it might, the next line can either be translated as How faithfully you blossom, your branches green delight us, or How are thy leaves so verdant? So the idea that there's so much life in this tree when nothing else is alive during the cold and deadness of winter. So this song and and, and that tradition, which we still sing, you know, here in America, we sing it generally in English, uh, you know, I think that builds on that idea of the tree as a symbol of life, especially in the darkness of winter. The British pushed back. The British, you know, looking at these colonies, really said, we want you to celebrate Christmas, right? This is how we celebrate Christmas. It was pretty popular in Europe at this point already. Um, so they pushed back, and that was that was kind of how it went back and forth, like almost like a cultural war. So the law was repealed in 1681 um, under the pressure from the government in London, but it was not until 1856 that Christmas Day actually became a state holiday in Massachusetts. So there was a lot of this kind of back and forth. I I would say at that point, it wasn't so much about how they celebrated or that they were celebrating, but that this was being imposed on them from the other side, right, the other side of the pond. Um, But I think... If you look at the history, the idea that there could be some pagan connections to at least this practice, and that maybe it's misunderstood, I think that's where the debate comes in, where some people, notably the Puritans, pushed back against it, while others embraced it. And that kind of led to different ideologies, and even, in a way, cultural wars at the beginning and the inception of this country.
1: Looking to today, as we're all connected by the internet and social media, That idea of being separated by culture and religion is no longer there. In countries where Christianity is not the dominant religion, people still put up trees, hang up decorations, and shop for sales during the Christmas season. Is that okay?
3: Yeah, I think that it's just a stress, it's becoming a stressful time. I I have this statistic that the average amount uh, expected by a consumer to spend during the winter holidays in 2020 is $998. It's almost a grand right there really? and that number's been going up it's been on an upward incline I think that you know for a lot of families that that's not a reasonable price
0: per person
3: per almost a thousand per consumer per person per consumer wow it's it's crazy i you know not everyone in America has that money you know you think of like Oh, well, not a lot of people in the world have that type of money. Not a lot of people in America have a grand to spend on Christmas. And I think that that commercializing can be heartbreaking. You think of little kids, they want toys. They want to come down on Christmas morning and see what Santa brings them. And what happens when their parents can't afford that? What happens when there's so much pressure on society to have a Christmas tree with tons of gifts underneath? it's not always reasonable people can't always do that and as nice as it would be for everyone to have an amazing christmas like that it's not the point of the season and that's not something everyone can do you know the one movie that i think of is um jingle all the way with arnold schwarzenegger he's like running around trying to get that toy for his kid yes like is that what I feel like every year it's more and more less of like True. Christmas Carol, learning what it's about, starting to give more to people. It's more of like that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where it's just like run around. What do I get people? And the the, the term, the thoughts, what, what right. counts? It, not really. I don't. I don't think that's the the feeling anymore.
1: So what do you think people can do to like mitigate that in a sense? Because I completely agree. But what do you think we can do as a society? And maybe within households to maybe relieve that pressure and maybe not uh, make it as commercial, you know, and spend a thousand dollars per Christmas, which is crazy.
3: That That's a really tough thing to answer. I think that it's very much psychological, that problem. It's just very much in the minds of how people act. It's just something that's been developing over the years slowly and to say that we're now going to pull back on that, it's very difficult because we've just ingrained that idea into our minds. I think that my faith has made Christmas more meaningful for me. I think that, uh, you know, as much as I hated hated it when I was eight years old, when my parents sidelined me from playing with the toys I just opened and brought me to mass and reminded me of what the is for, for me. I think that that was important. As much as I hated it at the time, it just reminded me that the toys wasn't the point. And then as I grew older, it became more about giving than receiving. And then, you know, now I think it's definitely, uh, I like to think of it more as a religious holiday because I find that that's what's most fulfilling for me. I think that celebrating that aspect of my faith is more fulfilling than the consumerism of the holiday so much as a little kid so much of the holiday was about getting the nerf gun i wanted getting an xbox like that is what i lived for like during that season now like uh, these things are nice but i recognize i don't need any of these things these are extra and I think part of that is like I'm not a kid I don't any little kid I don't really want toys but it's also the fact that I'd rather it be more meaningful I'd rather it be about spending time with family and friends I'd rather see that aspect of Christmas that I've kind of glimpsed at and that I'd rather dive into I think that I've been living in more of a society with the higher consumerism in the holiday season, and that's just not rewarding for me. What do you think about them?
2: I think those are two really important questions. Is it okay that people don't understand what the holiday is or, or what the roots are or what it's about? Do I think it's okay? Um, I think I wish it wasn't that way but I, I think there's still a silver lining to it. I think though, e- even for people who don't understand the roots or, or aren't looking at the holiday necessarily as something religiously based, there are still benefits and there are still joyous moments and, and positive outcomes from the holiday, from the, the Christmas season, let's say. And I think as a Christian, our goal in life really like uh, one of our main goals needs to be to spread the gospel spread the good news to pull people back in or or maybe for the first time towards a relationship with christ and a lot of times that happens not as a full conversion or a major thing but as little moments so i think it's worth celebrating the positives that people may have even in a secular celebration of christmas one that's kind of on, on a bigger a bigger note that stands out to me is during World War I. Um, And this is what's called the Christmas Truths, right? So in 1914, Pope Benedict XV recommended that there would be uh, basically a ceasefire for Christmas Day, for the holiday. And I think people probably didn't expect it to happen, but there's a beautiful story of British troops and German troops in the trenches. And on at first dawn, first light of Christmas Day, instead of exchanging bullets back and forth they are exchanging Christmas carols and they're different in English and German uh, they played I believe they played soccer you know or football and they did it because it was Christmas because there was a greater meaning to it now how do I celebrate my holiday right? like I, I don't play soccer I, I don't you know I'm hopefully not in a war and I, I don't stop it but there's a beauty to it right It's that's it, kind of a secular idea or secular celebration of the religious holiday and it should be about peace. So I think there are those silver linings. That's a major example, but, but even for people who are getting together with family members that they don't often see or or sharing kindness with a neighbor that they don't often talk to, um, you know, even a lot of neighbors exchange, you know, cookies, whatever those, well, sure. It's about a gift. It's about a physical item, that connection that brings us all back together is something, at least in my mind, inherently Christian, right? And, and then that does bring you back towards Christ and, in a way, towards the holiday. So, sure, I, I do wish that more people understand where this holiday came from and, and what it really means, at least as, as a Christian, but there, there still is some beauty about it. So that, that's kind of my understanding of that first question, the idea of, is it okay that people don't know what the holiday is about? But I would like to address briefly... Ronald's question of what do you do to to change that or what do you do to I guess maybe gain back some of what we expect or know the holidays about and th- these are these are my opinion but maybe if if we look at that idea of consumerism or over consumerism that we've been addressing really in two ways maybe we can individually I don't want to say take a stand but but maybe push back a little you know, what do I ask for, either specifically, you know, for Christmas, or what do I make it seem like I want or need? You know, to, to think about that question, how am I contributing to that idea where the holiday becomes about items and not about people or Christ or being together or peace? And then on the other end, what do I get people? What do I do to contribute to what maybe I'm seeing as a problem. So to look at those two questions, you know, am am I looking at what the biggest trend is outside? Am I looking at what everybody, you know, quote, needs to have when I say I need something? Or am I thinking about, you know, what can I maybe get by in my life without? Or, or, you know, what's something you can do for me that isn't a physical item? You know, uh, you know, maybe I can just have someone to pray for me or, or to be with me, you know, maybe we'll, let's get together. Um, and on the other end, you know, maybe I know that people are looking for this physical item or whatever it is, but maybe I can do something that's more meaningful or more personal, um, you know, something homemade or just spending time with someone. Like I said, um, you know, those things, how can I make the holiday a little more meaningful than just a physical gift and a, a, a consumer, You know, consumer bought item. Maybe those are ways that we can actually push back a little in our own way. I'd like to share just one thing that I thought was actually I was very impressed by this year in the last week or two weeks. Now I often ask my students what they want as it as as Thanksgiving passes. So you know, what are you looking for for Christmas? What do you want your parents to get uh, get for you? You know, what's the big item? Because I'm very much out of touch with that both by age and by my life, my lifestyle. My life is vowed religious, right? I don't know what the game system is. I don't know what the cool hoodie is. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what people want. So I, I went around the room and I asked a lot of different students said, what are you hoping for? And I think it very much has to do with this nature that we've just been living through this pandemic and people see a lot of suffering. Almost all of the kids I asked in my classes said, I really am not asking for anything this year, um, you know, and several of them said, you know, I have everything I need. I'm I'm just looking forward to a break and spending some time with my family. And sure, some kids kind of piously say that, but it was almost every kid I asked. And I think that has a lot to do with what we're living through now. And again, that's maybe one of those silver linings of people realizing, you know what, we're entering into a holiday. We're entering into something important. What should this really be about? And I think for a brief moment, as a society, as a culture, as a world, hopefully, we're realizing that we've been through something tough and we've suffered and many and many people are suffering maybe worse than we are. So what can we appreciate right now? And it's not about a gift. It's not about the newest clothing item or game system. It's about just being happy and healthy and with those whom I love. And that for me was really profound. I thought I was, you know, You know, to hear 13, 14, 15-year-old boys make that distinction and realize that it's not about the gift, that was really powerful. And I thought that was a real sign of hope.
0: I was actually talking to um, a student of mine. I told him that, especially this year, I have yet to feel that Christmas spirit. I blame on the pandemic, for sure. But this is what he told me. He, He felt it. And because his family put up their christmas tree and while they were putting up the christmas tree they had the jingle going in the background but i think in in a time like this i think that's what the tree does it's not just a symbol of the of the holiday itself but it's a symbol of the spirit that we feel the peace and the joy that we're supposed to feel during this holiday and even in this year
2: we talked about you know earlier we talked about is the Christmas tree an important symbol? Is it really a symbol that relates to Christmas? What does it mean? We, you know, we, we covered all the stuff, and I think just what you're saying, more so than ever, maybe it does. You know, people are looking this year, like you said, more than ever, for hope, for signs of hope, and I think it, I saw it around here in Mineola, people decorating earlier than expected and and more than one would expect, because we realize that we do need hope. And maybe that's one, maybe this is one of those moments where these outward symbols or these secular symbols or these cultural symbols are leading us a little more to what the reality of the holiday is. That idea of joy and peace and hope in our world when we know we need it. I think that's tangible at this point where where people are decorating with a little more emphasis or a little more meaning, because it's not just about, you know, I put the tree up so my house looks ready it looks the same as my neighbors you know Um, it's not just about getting the presents under but it's we have hope and even those symbols of the tree the tree being one of life right an evergreen tree being one of life we have hope now when we need it most and this symbol of light you know the, the tree illuminated is something that we all need
0: so let me ask you guys one last thing what do you wish for to be under your tree this year
1: uh i haven't really asked for anything in the past few years probably since sixth grade so i don't think i want anything this year
3: <laughs> okay what about town i think i've asked my parents for an osmo pocket but it was kind of just like a lob up see if, see if i make it see if it happens but you know if if it doesn't it's not like my heart's riding on it i'd rather just you know, get a break from school and, you know, have a day off with my
2: family. Nice.
0: What about your brothers, Helen?
2: So, the brothers don't give gifts um, to each other or to anybody else, right? Um, so, I think for me, it's gonna be a little out there maybe, but I think maybe something that came up that I'm hoping for for myself, um, but also for others to kind of receive this Christmas is uh, a greater sense of appreciation. And I wanna be able to appreciate others in my life more Um, and I think you know now is a very important time for that but no better time than Christmas to appreciate those around you and maybe even those you can't be with uh, to celebrate them a little bit and celebrate with them but also for for others to feel that too Um, I think when we think about it maybe especially at a holiday we have a lot to appreciate a lot to be thankful for so to feel that sense of appreciation towards those in my life I think is very important and That's the gift I'd like this year.
0: For myself, since I don't have a real tree, I think I'm just going to look for one of those car air freshener things. I think that'd be great. Just hang that up. (laughs) Car air freshener? (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: This episode is brought to you by Element Projects of Chaminade High School, located in Mineola, New York. Created and produced by Chow S. Liu. Produced and edited by Ronald Jabouin. Research by Brother Tom Terrell and Thomas Breslin. Hosted by Brother Tom Terrell, Chao S. Liu, Ronald Jabuen, and Thomas Breslin. Special thanks to Brother Thomas Clary. You can learn more about us on our website, elementshamnad hsorg Thank you for listening.